Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 86 of Utopia to Me with me, your host, Chris Locke. How's it going? Where are you guys? Are you out uh, outside running around as fast as you can? Uh, where I am right now, it's a beautiful sunny day. I mean, I know, this is always different when you, everybody listens to it. You never know what day it is. But man, if you're out there doing some karate classes right now, that's fun. Hey, I think that you're never too old to become an MMA fighter right? I'm getting older. I'm out of shape. Uh, you know, mixed martial arts. I got some bad habits, man. I like pizza. I like burgers. I still like all that stuff. But I think I could cut it all out and just eat meat and broccoli and become an MMA fighter all of a sudden. Grappling, punching, kicking, jujitsu. And I would be really good because it's not just about the skills. It's about how angry you are. <laughs> This episode is really good. I hope you're training to be a fighter or you're cooking up some sort of nice meal. Whatever you want to do. Listen up because it's uh, our guest is Sean Cullen, all right? The Canadian legend, Sean Cullen, but not just Canadian, international. His, uh, uh, his comedy group, Quirky and the Juice Pigs, played on Mad TV in the States. He's been on Jay Leno. Uh, he, he was on Unnatural Acts in the UK with a bunch of other comedians. Um, that are awesome and he's done the edinburgh fringe festival a bunch of times super funny one of my favorite comedians to ever watch live on stage so we have we talk about a bit he's got some great utopian ideas but we also talk about a million other things and we just hang out in a casual setting and it's very fun so i i love this episode you're gonna love it too but you know what whatever you're cooking right now i don't care what it is put some hot liquid cheese on it okay i don't care if it's a roast I don't care if it's uh, just some sort of rice pilaf, P-I-L-A-F. I don't know what that is right now, but I like the word. You know what I mean? Risotto, anything. Put some cheese on it. And this is uh, episode 86, and it's fun. So dig in. Enjoy. You're going to love it. Here we go. Sean Cullen, enjoy. I'm going to try some of this tea. Did it's, I take the bag out? Uh, you mean the tea? <laughs> Yeah. You exposed your scrotum to me at one point. It had nothing to do with the tea. Anytime I order a tea, I seep, I steep both. Damn, I ruined it by saying seep. Sometimes you It's seep. my butt that seeps. <laughs> your butt seeps. <laughs> butt seeps. That's what they called yeah. you in high school. <laughs> old butt seeps is here. Yeah, and I was old, too. You were old as hell. <laughs> yeah, that's why my butt seeped. I'm kind of... I started with an old body, but I don't want to reference that Fitzgerald book slash turned into movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the uh, Benjamin Butthole. Bunton. But, yes. <laughs> that was the porno, Benjamin Butthole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He yeah. starts as an old man who loves to have <laughs> anal sex, and then it goes... <laughs> horribly wrong. Horribly right. <laughs> uh... This is a good. That's great. Good yeah, start. I steep. I steeped my bag, mm-hmm. seeped my butt. Yep. Um, we've already talked about an illegal porno. At some point, it becomes legal. Well, I think it's legal. <laughs> I think it's porn is legal, isn't it? Oh, right, right. But is it like a ripoff porn that has been pirated? Is that what you're thinking? Well, the funny thing is about the Benjamin Butthole porn is even when he's supposed to be a teen, like underage. He's a baby. It's still, when you watch it, you're like, this guy's 27. Pretty true. It's it's pretty true. That's not the same. He's anyway. Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, it's Brad Pitt in the porno, too. No, it's not. It's Brad Putt. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Putt. Yeah. Um, Two T's. Rad putt. Broad pit. Broad poop. <laughs> he takes a broad poop. Have you met him? Brad Pitt? Yeah. No, I've never actually met him. I met Ben Affleck. I assumed Brad Pitt was on Mad TV the same time you yeah, guys he were. Yeah, uh, he was excellent. Right after he did General Hospital, he came on to... Uh, yeah, he did the caffeine freak character. Yeah, yeah he... Uh, you guys got any coffee? Yeah. He was always uh, drinking coffee and... Uh, getting up to hijinks with his friends. I think I IMDb'd the uh, caffeine character actor from Mad TV. What's his name? I forget. But I don't know. I don't think he's doing much. But uh, but for a second, it seemed like he was going to blow up. 
Yeah. Because I feel like that's around the same era that you guys were yeah, on. Yeah, we were on, I think. Well, our friend uh, Dave, uh, sorry, what was his name? Brian Hart was the head writer of the show, and he brought oh, us yeah. down. Amazing. Brian Hart used to write and be, uh, you know, play small parts on the Kids in the Hall. And he was the executive producer and head writer. He started off as a writer and then became head writer and executive producer of Mad. So he brought us down like an ass. <laughs> It was foolish. Of Thanks him. a lot, Ash. Well, the thing is, most of the cast resented <clears throat> having us on the show because they said, why, why can't we do funny songs? We could do that. We don't need them on And the Brad show. said, because these are, guys are actually good at it, you dinks. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up pooping and throwing <laughs> it at them like an ape. Yeah. That I think, assured I'd never come back. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be a point in human evolution where all history books are just going to be like all they did was shit and throw it at each other pretty well this is pretty much what's happening i know i think, I think this is it i know i read a thing yesterday oh i don't i don't want to date this because I, this is coming out in a bit i don't know it doesn't matter well it was about the korea handshake north korea handshake oh yeah well yesterday they're like trump says north korea is still a very big threat on the nuclear scale so it's yeah. like, what was the handshake, was the handshake for, you for? idiot? Like, we already knew what Here's it was for. Here's the thing. Like, when you're still... dealing with yeah. a horrible person, you don't go first and shake his hand. Mm -hmm. You send envoys. They yeah. meet with other envoys. There's lots of uh, pre preem uh, preemptory kind yeah. of discussion. And finally, after a long preparatory period, you meet the crazy dictator. Yeah. And I'm talking about Donald Trump. But, what I like about how this podcast might be out in like a month or more is that what we're talking about now in the news, the world is so crazy right now that it might drastically be so different anyways That's by the right. time this comes out. Kim Jong-un might be president of the United States. Yeah, and then they'll hear what we're talking about, the listeners, and they'll be like, oh yeah. Do I remember Donald Trump president? Oh, those were easy days. Those were the best <laughs> days I ever experienced. Yeah. The place time when I was getting kicked out of restaurants. That was the best. Yeah. Here's the thing I wanted to say when I was eating a sandwich downstairs and you weren't. Yes. So everybody knows, like, I knew Corky and the Juice Pigs. Yes. From when you guys were blowing up and doing Just for Laughs and everything. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows that you were on the producers. I am. And all, all the cartoon voices and everything. And sure. The CBC show and stuff. But I wanted to say... I personally didn't become, I, I, I was a fan, but I didn't become a mega fan until we were doing shows together and I would watch you just go on stage and have the best time slash best sets for like long periods of time. That's my favorite well, Sean Cullen that speaks to me because, uh, you know, I got to watch it when I was trying to get to that point myself. Well, and I'm always still trying that. to stay and grow at that at that stuff, you know? Well, I love kind of... Well, I've always kind of thought comedy is like a conversation with an audience, you know? And you mm -hmm. kind of feel out what they're laughing at and give them more of that or, you know, guide yeah. the thing that way. So I never really have hardened sets. I never go like, I'm going to do this material tonight. I kind of feel where the audience is enjoying it and then just do that. But yeah. a lot of it ends up just me making stuff up at the moment. Yeah. And I love, that's the part I love the most about doing the shows, you know? Yeah. And that's what I'm a huge fan of. And then I literally try to be like that myself. And I do do that. I go in and out of jokes. But because the industry is so tight here and i never got to be a celeb first oh that was me <laughs> yeah so i Super still celeb. have i still try to prepare sets mm. every now and then because you still try to have those like tv sets and all well, that crap which i'm getting to, sick of to be honest well i honestly you know you're going to just for laughs it's the least fun of all yeah people think it's a party but it's actually like you have eight minutes work. and you have to do that eight minutes about five times while you're there to make sure that that eight minutes is eight minutes and everybody's happy with your eight minutes yeah and that someone comes to watch the eight minutes before you do the eight minutes and yeah. sees that it's a good eight minutes a person that is not an artist or a vet or, no. a, or a comedian vets you i think a vet would be amazing <laughs> if you had a animal doctor come you're sick your dog sick <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's really not as fun as like doing I, I, I've one thing in my career that I kind of gotten away with from is doing long sets doing long form 
comedy. Well, you're gonna do my love show, yeah. In the end of July. How long do I have to do on that goddamn? Maybe I'll try and get this out before then. Um, you could probably. How long do you want to do? I got two other acts booked, and then you. And I got the room for just over an hour. Oh yeah. Well, I'll do as long as you want me to. As long as you want to be feeble. Yeah, sure. I'll fight my way through a half hour. (laughs) You can watch me wrestle with my demons. Yeah. Well, I've gotten to the point. I'm excited. I've gotten to the point in my career where uh, I was telling you earlier, I've left Yuck Yucks a few years ago and I book my own independent gigs in other Mm -hmm. cities so that I'm just showing up to be like, hey, when you come to see me, this is what you get. And it's actually the good version of the show. Well, that's it. And I. uh, It's no pandering. You know what I mean? The thing about doing, say, a place like Yuck Yucks or you're doing like uh, Just for Laughs or anything, people aren't there to see you specifically. Yeah. And I love when audiences come to see what I do and know me and want to see me do it. Like yeah. I, when it's like, here, do eight minutes uh, right, bef- right, uh, right before, no, right after somebody's just doing a 10 minute screaming about his cock. Then yeah. It's your turn. And you go, like, what the b- good part about being a comedian is, well, like those stand up kind of shows is if you don't like this comic, in eight minutes, it's going to be somebody else. Yeah, you know, and you might like them, but or you I, just warm up to them and then ding, it's, it's over. Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I don't know. And when you're asked trying, I'm trying to get together a set. I'd like to get on something like Conan or something like that. Yeah. And so I'm trying to get together five minutes to show them, and I'm like, five minutes is me just starting. I know. That's I can't same. get going. Yeah. Sometimes I feel <clears throat> already like like a motherless child. Yeah. It's brutal. I'm just looking. I just, most of the times, yeah, it's actually true. I feel like I'm wandering through the woods being like, hello? Have you seen my baby? <laughs> you know? You're then, never uh, going to find your baby with a voice like that. But hopefully the uh, booker for Conan's like, it's perfect. I love it. <laughs> what you've done is amazing. I'm from yeah. Germany and I don't know comedy <laughs> at all. <laughs> Look for your baby on our, in our studio. Please, Please, I hope you find your baby here. <laughs> We'll hold your baby for you while you go on the stage. Have you but, seen my baby? Ah, oh, it's a hit. <laughs> it's a hit. The, uh, I've done uh, Craig Kilburn. Remember when he was doing the yeah. show before uh, oh, Craig yeah. Ferguson? And he was such a douchebag. It's like, crazy. And how I long? don't know how he got that job. I just don't know. It seems like his career didn't last because he was a dick, but it seemed like it lasted way too long for a dick yeah well that's the thing (laughs) he was on he was the original host of the daily show yeah and left that to do the the late late show and then ended up leaving that to do acting and then ended up not acting at all but he just seemed like such a hollywood douchebag to me like and when i he never spoke to me ever when i was i was on the show twice he never spoke to me (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, is it so hard? Like, yeah. I went on the Leno show, and he would always come into my dressing room and talk to me all the time. Yeah, because Leno, Leno has wants, a respect for comedy. He he the, does, and he yeah. also wants to talk about himself. Oh, in comedy, like he'll say, "Hey, you ever, um, yeah, hey, you do a lot of clubs, and what kind of clubs? I've done that club." He wants to talk about his right. you know, own experience. Too. Yeah, yeah. He's he's runs on that kind of uh, <laughs> level. But he was at least took an interest in you, you know. Do you have 5,000 cars? <laughs> I, I have got 5,000 cars. Some of them are steam-powered cars. <laughs> steam-powered? Uh, yeah, steam-powered car. Yeah, 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 Stanley Steamer. Do you think he's jealous about Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars show? Because he's like, oh. I, I missed the boat on that one. <laughs> I missed you the know car what? on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I don't like coffee, I assume. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe he just like, hey, is it is it Jay Leno coffee? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. But <laughs> comedians I like... in cars uh, drinking water out of a thermos. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> comedians in cars drinking soup, <laughs> drinking broth. People don't. Drink would you broth. do comedians in cars uh, having coffee with? Oh, for sure I would. But he yeah. would never have me on. I've had lots of brushes with close fame. Yeah, but I've never been like I, I auditioned for. Um, <clears throat> Uh, curb your enthusiasm, and I got to Whoa. go into uh, you know his office to audition with him. Yeah, and it was crazy. Like he was doing this bit where he wanted to show Jerry is it J- Jeff Garland's character that he's uh, he could pretend to be um, have cerebral palsy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or something, and 
So he was pretending to have cerebral palsy, and I'm supposed to be a guy who's just moved into the office next door, and I come in to say hello, and he's like, he's shaking. And he tries trying. to dupe you. Yeah. Yeah, and it was very weird. It was a weird, but it was fun to get the audition, you know. I feel like I've seen every episode and I don't remember that. So I don't even think the scene made it, maybe. Maybe not. I don't remember. Maybe I, if, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of uh, environment we're in right now. Yeah. The environment we're in, this is the new E1 podcasting studio. It's amazing what they've done. I think <laughs> the, they've hung up foam kind of strips yeah with with green string but you know it's like they didn't drive a nail into the wall to hang the green string from no like they've just taped the green string to the wall yeah this is literally like um yeah teenager's first apartment yeah teenager's first apartment where he decides to build a recording studio when he scotch tapes the drapes above the window <laughs> it's pretty or they're both canadian flags or one of them's a canadian flag one is a led, a, zeppelin. led zeppelin or dixie yeah, like, yeah or a, like a stars and bars from the south yeah it's weird when you see a confederate flag in canada I, yeah i don't get it really but i mean yeah you know what's his name uh who's this the idiot there's lots of them, uh, but oh, Kid Rock, he's huge into the Confederate flag. He's from Ohio. He's Michigan. He's from I know, Michigan. Yeah, I know. He's a liar. Yeah, I think he's from Detroit, actually, or something like that. Yeah, somewhere close to there, Ann Arbor. Or but he became like this cowboy rapper. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Not that you can't be whatever you want to be, but yeah. Uh, when you take it to the political end that he does, and he gets up there and like did his last concert, I didn't go, but a friend of mine went and was like, he's doing a, a speech, like basically, uh, if I ran for office, this is what I'd be doing. Yeah, and it was just like, wow, who cares? We're in Canada. You're not running for office here. Yeah, shut up. Weird. Yeah, they. Yeah, I guess they still think of like. Canada is just like this giant state that still supports America in all things. Yeah, and, and I, I of guess course it is it's true. I love it. It is true. I feel like okay. So I saw the Colbert show, whatever. Um, do a parody of Canada last night or the other funny? night. No. It was the same old thing. It was Mounties and maple syrup and hockey and stuff. And I wanted to be like, and I actually tweeted about. It, I'm like, Canada is not like that though. It really is. It really isn't. It's literally like just America, except we don't have guns. It's kind of like a giant Minnesota. Yeah. It's just Middle Western. We have very... Uh, I never eat maple syrup. Most of my friends I, like it's basketball. It's been a long time. Yeah. A lot of the time... <laughs> I've, the first time I had maple syrup, I was eating. I was doing a show in Meaford the, uh, this weekend, and I had a big breakfast, and it came with a pancake. And I yeah. never eat pancakes; like I just don't enjoy them really. But everywhere around the world, put syrup on pancakes. Everywhere, but not <laughs> maple syrup. Like, yeah, oh, you know, I, I see. guess. But they might put yeah. like when I was a kid, my parents put corn syrup on our pancakes because maple syrup was expensive. Don't you think Canadian comedy shows do a disservice to us, too, by still portraying Canadians that way? As, as stupid? Yeah, oh. as like Mounties and Beavers and hockey, maple syrup. Well, I guess they do think that... The thing is, I guess they're portraying what people like because they're, these shows are on for 25 years. <laughs> I like. I don't get it myself. Like yeah, I often thank watch you. them and go... Well, we are urban... Canadians. Yeah, and uh, most of the country is uh, rural. And I guess it is a comfort zone for the rural Canadians that I'm not considering right well, now. Well, as far as comedy goes, I think it's just what's the lowest common denominator? We have a very small country. Yeah. Like for, for, Put a bounty a hat on a piece of poo. Yeah, that would be uh, that would better. be good. Yeah, that would be like an adult swim show. Yeah, but <laughs> you can't have alternative comedy in Canada because you'd get 40,000 viewers and it'd be canceled. Like, no one could... They have to have, like... I'm the I'm the yeah. I'm the prime minister. Look, I put a wig on. This and is my impression of rural Canada responding to alternative comedy in Canada. <clears throat> you think you're better than me? Exactly. <laughs> and you're like, what? Yes. Yeah. Yes, of course I do. No, the thing is, like, uh, what's funny is every time I get interviewed, people always say, you know, why are Canadians so funny? And I'm like, they aren't. They yeah. aren't very funny. Yeah. There are comedians who are very funny in this country. Yeah. But Canadians generally have a pretty yeah. middle-of-the-road sense of humor. The things yeah. they like and enjoy are very, very mild. Most Cana Canadians graduate high school, maybe a two-year college course, and then 
they buy a couch and their that couch is most of their life. Life. It's true. <laughs> I feel bad saying that. Well, it's probably You guys listening true. can't see, but I scrunched my face. Oh, that's fair enough. <laughs> he did scrunch his face. I'm here I'm witnessing the scrunch. Scrunchy. Little um, lady scrunch balls. But it is true. It's like got a couch. Time to got a TV. Keep supporting that couch. Cable and complain about how expensive it is, but still watch it. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> and maple syrup. Uh, and I don't know. It's just, but the, I think the, the it's a function of how small the market is in Canada. It probably is a Toronto snob thing of me because I I've, I'm actually born and raised here to to like push back against all that Canadian crap. Even Tim Hortons. I oh, only Tim eat Tim, Tim Hortons uh, when I have to on the road. There's nothing else. And everything is beige and it tastes like sugar. And it's burnt. The coffee's burnt yeah. all the time. I But people love Tim Hortons, but it's just like I, in prison, people love the beans. You know, it's <laughs> like that's what they can get. So they're like, is Tim it bean Hortons night? is Canada's it's prison be, food. It is. I love that. It is kind of true. I it know. is. We're all lined what, up what with that. What bugs our, me more about Tim Hortons is their commercials. Where it's supposed to sound, it's supposed to sound like it's supposed to be a joke. Yeah. Like there's a, like, for example, the one that's on right now. I listen to the radio a lot. So wait, did you tweet about this recently? Yeah. I yeah. Was like, yeah. I like uh, that. Uh, I'd like two uh, iced coffees, black, two semi sweet, and two extra sweet. Well, that's you're really thirsty. Oh, I am the di one two one three one whatever the name is. Like, uh, yeah. what is it? Tim Tim Hortons iced coffee runner. This week, <laughs> oh and you're like, that's not funny. One, yeah. Two, it's something you made up, and it's it's baloney. I'm gonna make a virtual reality VR game where all you have to, all you do is punch Tim Hortons commercials in the face. That would be fun. Yeah. I had a an idea for a web, uh, an an app, I guess. Yeah, but. It was called Shit Fisters. And the idea is if there's someone or something you don't like, yeah. you can shit fist it. So there's yeah. a small palette of different types of poop, and then there's a fist icon, and you dip the fist into the poop, and then you upload a picture of someone you'd like to shit fist, yeah. like, say, Donald Trump. Yeah. And you shit fist them, and they get a big smear of shit on their face, and then you it, it automatically emails it to their account. That is great. Yeah. Yeah, some people would go off the grid because they'd have to. Yeah. Because they it would they just would be, be shit flooded so much. That is so much kinder than where I thought you were going with it. I thought you dipped your fist in whatever type of shit of your choice and then you fist it into that person's ass and well, mix that shit in with the shit that's already in their ass. See, I heard about I'm always trying to lose weight and I've done different <laughs> yeah, me things, too. right? You know? Yeah. So this new one that I've heard of is called fecal transplant have you heard, heard of, of this are you gonna fucking do it what the i hell? don't know they asked me <laughs> if i wanted to yeah and i was like you're basically taking the fecal matter from someone else a donor yeah <laughs> a i donor. love that we found a match <laughs> <laughs> with shit matches <laughs> and they put it in you and it kickstarts your your metabolism like your your gut is probably yeah your your what the the bugs in your gut that yeah everything's food. all about gut flora now yeah gut flora probiotic probiotic i would love to see a commercial where someone's begging like please help me find the right shit (laughs) (laughs) little jimmy is dying for shit (laughs) (laughs) someone out there please check your shit today like lebron visits him in the hospital did you find the right shit jimmy no lebron thanks for kissing me (laughs) i can't digest any of my food (laughs) all i ate was timmy's yeah. That's probably it's our diets. Our diets are all fucked. All all in North America right now are for the past processed like foods. thirty years have been experiments for GMO processed foods. Yeah, yeah. I don't enjoy that. No, I think uh, we're out of shape mostly because of that. I, I think we're it, well. There's two things. One, the food is bad. Two, you're constantly told to eat it. Like, like you watch American ads, and the first thing will be. Uh, an ad for, I asked my doctor about Lipitor, about some old man going like, <laughs> I've got cholesterol medication now. <laughs> then the next ad is, go to Applebee's for our sizzling specials. Yeah. And then the third one is for Tums or for Zantac. Yeah. And Take the meds, go to the restaurant. 
eat quell the acid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just constant, like it's it's you're right. Constant inundation of it's like literally you, you should pattern. be indulging yourself, yeah, and then feeling shame for it. That's really good. Yeah, the constant pattern the to cycle. keep us slugs, so we can't rebel. Well, you know what's funny is like uh, that movie Wally. Where all the people are in their chairs floating around. That's coming. I have no doubt. I know every movie where they're like super far off in the future, this is what the dystopia will be like. It's like, that's not that far. Every time you watch a dystopian movie, you're like, wait, that's tomorrow, basically. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's I always now. think about those Wally guys. Those fat Wallies. Floating around. <laughs> and they, they only communicate yeah. through screens. This is a perfect uh, opportunity to jump into what your utopian world would be then, mm. since we uh, already know that we live in a dystopia world. right now. Well, we live in a dystopia right now. I think if people were forced to actually interact with each other, mm-hmm. instead of using social media all the time to... Like, you look at social media. When I go on Twitter, and I like just making jokes or yeah. you know, putting trying stuff out to see if people engages people. Yeah, me But too. you just see... Democrats, like I saw one thing that is de- is liberalism. Uh, this guy's like put up a, a little poll: is liberalism a cancer, a dementia, or a dementia caused by cancer? And you're like, mm-hmm. just to to mm-hmm. categorize people who think differently from you that horribly. Mm-hmm. But then the, the liberals are the only thing that's different about liberals is they're more um, angsty about it. Like yeah. they they're, they're more like. Have you thought about this? They don't like, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they beat up on themselves and their enemies, you know. But I, I just can't stand that people treat each other so poorly yeah. and do it so casually. Yeah. And I'd like that. Do you to think disappear. the internet really invented that? I mean, the social media? Well, I always think like you used to not, to have an opinion, you used to have to learn to read, <laughs> learn to write. <laughs> Write a letter to the editor, yeah. have the editor review it. He would say you had a valid point, and it would get in the newspaper. Yeah. Now you're just like, Donald Trump sucks cocks, and you can get that put up on the internet. Yeah. And, and that's a, you have an opinion now. It's not a good opinion or a worthwhile opinion. It's just noise, but everybody thinks... It's like what I think about comedy. Everybody, you know, right now there's a movement to get uh, comedy recognized as an art form in Canada. Yeah. I don't know if that's possible. Uh, yeah. One, because it's more of a craft to me than it is an art form. Uh, yeah. And uh, also, the problem is, nobody says, I can act. Like, nobody, can, like, you don't see people who go into the movies go, I could have acted in that movie. Or, like, you never don't have people going to Stratford and yelling, Hey, Hamlet, you suck. They just don't do that. I know. Uh, and painting, no one says, oh, I could paint. No one says, I could do ballet. Yeah. No one says, I could play the guitar. But they all have a, think they have a sense of humor. Yeah. And they all think they know what's funny. So that's where the blurring of the line is. Another thing that, and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the people spearheading that are, friends of mine and you know peers that i appreciate that they're, i get why they're doing it because you know it does feel whatever here in canada but the thing that i rebel against that idea a little bit is that one time this uh friend of mine he was drunk at the bar after a show and he said to me he's a really smart philosophical guy he was like comedians are like the last official scoundrels of the planet and they're like you know and i kind of like that and i like the idea i don't like the idea of anybody the people becoming good at writing grants, just getting to make stuff for comedy, because then, you know, comedy to me is still needs its dirt. It still needs its grime, its edge to be and actually... It needs to be an outsider ob- observing yes. the, the world. Yeah. And that's what most comics are, misanthropic people who want... A, a, Depressed. Uh, well, they're misanthropic people right. who, who, who want... To be uh, adulation, but they don't want to encounter people really closely. You know what I mean? They're wary of people. Yeah. But they want to be liked. Yeah. And loved. So they go in on stage, and if they get a comment, they laugh, so they love it. And it's yeah. what makes, fills up for that. You've seen art that's been sponsored by the government. Well, as soon as you <laughs> are applying for a grant, I think, well, it's like my problem with the whole industry of television in Canada I think you know it's 
it's about producers getting grants. Yeah. It's not about artists getting something on TV. Yeah. They never pursue you. No. They're like, how can we get a get a show out of the fund? How, and then, you know, people have a show and mm-hmm. it doesn't do well. And they just go, oh, well. And then all the artists who are actually on the show are out of work. Mm-hmm. But the production company goes are in Muskoka. rent. Yeah, they're in Muskoka <laughs> at a beautiful uh, chalet. Mm-hmm. And then they go and get another grant from the fund. And yeah. they make another show. J- that is why uh, when it comes to art or not, do whatever you guys want to do. But I still want to remain, first and foremost, a scoundrel. Yeah. You know what I mean? I well, want to have that edge to myself. I well, want to really like, I want to be in control and I want to be my own guy. And I kind of like art to stand on its own two feet as well. Right. If, like if you can't make a living doing art, don't do it. That's what I mean because the art I already know in the other kind of art like performance and pa- like, you know, whatever, creative arts, uh, painting and stuff, the people just work hard at getting good at uh, like nailing those grants. And so you could have all these crappy, crappy comedians just doing that, working that angle. Well, it's like the music industry is all full of that, like yeah. money to produce your album from a government fund when you're like, what happened to f- producing it in your backyard or like on your, in your basement? Yeah. Or like making it on your own two feet? <clears throat> My know? favorite thing is when you see this like Queen Street or something plastered with posters for this new band's new album coming out. And A, you know they've barely played any shows. They don't know anybody. Nobody knows them. Yeah. And it's all, you see them all just like working the machine, yeah. but it has nothing to do with the like... Well, I guess my utopia would be, well, you know, I sometimes think that we got rid of the CRTC altogether and just people were forced to fight it out on their own two feet and on their own merit. And most of the crappy things would be swept away and you'd like to think something good would come out of it some yeah. real quality like right now some of the most of the big networks just buy american television and then they pay a, a penalty into a fund as as a uh, you know as a what do you call it, a fine so to speak for their license yeah so then they people can use that to make television shows and then they get canceled after one season because they did their mandate yeah they had to produce a show and it's canceled now <clears throat> yeah you know? Like I mean, sunny, sunny uh, side. Yeah, one season gets now wins a Canadian co- a Canadian uh, Screen Award yeah. for best comedy. My wife Canceled. was a writer and star of that show. Cancelled. Yeah, first opportunity. Yeah, they. I was. Yeah, I was with her when she went up to get the writing, whatever award. At yeah. the CSAs, and they had just been canceled. It just must just begut you. Just makes you make what the point? What's the point of doing anything? Like I was on Match Game for two seasons, and it was very popular. Yeah, and people liked it. Like I have people all the time saying, "Oh, I love Match Game." Yeah, I did a bunch of episodes. Yeah, with you. I know yeah, it yeah. was fun. Yeah, and it was a place for comics to do their stuff. There's nowhere to do that in Canada, and it's canceled. Why? Because some bean counter somewhere in Beanland says, we could make $4 more yeah. if we don't have this show than if we do. <laughs> well, that's I think not... they technically made like three seasons in one season, well, right? Well, they did 120 episodes. They did two shots of 60. Yeah. Which is enough, I guess, to re- rerun it and show it over and over again. But that's kind of like, that's one way to make people hate the show. <laughs> Just seeing the same episodes over and over Yeah. Again. And two, people were liking the show. So mm-hmm. what, no one makes TV for the right reasons in Canada. It doesn't seem like. If it's a popular show, it doesn't mean it's going to continue. If it's a not a popular show, that doesn't mean it's not going to continue. It will just could go on and on, it seems like. The fact that Frantic's old Baroness to IFC is one of the most hopeful things that's happened here in a long time, I think. Yeah. yeah. Because I, cause no one, like kind of what you're saying, no one here has the foresight to generate a project that could be sold internationally, like what every other freaking market does. Well, you, you know, the office. Like, why For not? Me, the office is the ultimate uh, success story. The BBC yeah. office. It was like worldwide. Everyone loves it. And it was good. And how expensive was it to make? Not very expensive at all. It was like, you know, easy. Yeah. Well, not easy, but it was like they shot it in uh, empty offices at the BBC. The only thing to pay for is the writing which is the most important part of any project, which never gets the, the attention it should. Yeah. 
And uh, I just love that. So my, I guess in my utopia, people would make uh, their own uh, fail on their own. Uh, yeah. Rather than being propped up. That's good. Working on your own merit. Nobody's, I don't think I've said that before on this. <sighs> Zeppelins. I would like Zeppelins to come back. <laughs> yeah. I'd like uh, the Zeppelins to travel all around the world and be just like, you know, old um, seagoing vessels where people would spend a week on the yeah on the Zeppelin, just enjoying their lives and uh, hanging out in the in the state rooms. And, I like that. And just like there'd be a, a room where you could just hang out and drink. Would there be a dress code? Through. Oh, I. I would appreciate a dress code. Yeah. I think that people now will just wear anything to anything. Yeah. Know? And I'm kind of tired of that. Sweatpants are like not casual. Any, like they're everywhere. They're, well, pajamas. People wear pajamas to work. <laughs> I'm just like, grow up, people. Like, yeah. I just see people in pajamas everywhere. It's frightening. Uh, there's not, like, it's gotten to the point where there's no real decorum. There's yeah. There's no. You know, no one. It shows a lack of respect for anything. Now, to me, anyway. There's a part of you, like your performance style. You're sort of a Renaissance performer, and then uh, with an ode almost to a vaudevillian style of like do everything. Well, I've always and so you have sort of a classic sort of thing about you. Life. No, it's uh, for me like classically some pointless. Some of my favorite things, people, are like Frank Sinatra and uh, Bing Crosby and yeah. Danny Kaye or uh, you know Dean Martin, and they could all sing, they could all act. They had to learn to dance. They had to, yeah, you know, J Jackie Gleason who had his own band. He was an orchestra leader. Who you've played in a movie? I did play him in a movie for two lines. Yeah, one line, one line. Do it. Uh, <laughs> We can't let these guys quit, can we? That's it. Very good. Yeah. Sounded exactly like him. I am. I am him. <laughs> Morton, Norton. That's about uh, it. That's pretty good. Thank you. I could have done it. I like Zeppelins, and I'm picturing what's that guy's name from Two Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, da, Captain Nemo. Yeah, I'm picturing like a Nemo type of Zeppelin driver. Yeah, with a like hat a, yeah. and a hold, it's like a mustache, I love, beard. Yeah, nice exotic sort of Nemo-y. Nemo. Did yeah. you ever see the movie um, Extraordinary Gentle League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? No, but I read the comic books that it's based off of yeah, by Alan Captain Moore. Nemo is in it. Yeah, he, it, it, the comic books are better. I'm have you sure read those? I have not read them. They had to switch some things uh, for the... And now I'm ruining it, but yeah. Yeah, you're not ruining it. What read the comics? They're by Alan Moore, same yeah. guy who wrote like The Watchmen and stuff oh, like that. Oh, really? Yeah, he's yeah. smart. Oh, I love him. I love The Watchmen. It's yeah, great. yeah. The movie was tremendous. I thought. Then you are gonna freak for these comics because oh, yeah. I the movie replaced like they added they added Dorian Gray to the movie. I think as a character, but they were replacing someone they they couldn't get because of the rights because oh. his thing is like. It's a the team is a collection of ancient Victorian characters, right? Like gothic, you know. Yeah, or and, yeah, yeah. You know. I love all that stuff. I would like. I never say this on the podcast, but I would like the world to be like that sometimes. I really, I really love, love that world. Me like too. The Victorian world. Like, Did you watch you know, the Penny Dreadful show? Yeah, it was so good. Yeah. yeah all right. Very, there we go. Very good. Yeah, I really love that. I love that. And what's the guy, the cowboy guy in it? Was it Josh Hartnett? Yeah. 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 He so was good. good in it. A cowboy and from America that turns into, a, can we say? Yeah. A werewolf. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, and then there's the Mina, the vampress. Well, she's not a vampress. Is she? No, she was like a constantly possessed. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's just great. And uh, uh, Mr. Uh, what, uh, then there's Victor Frankenstein, and he makes the monster. Yeah. It's just so good. Timothy Dalton was amazing. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, he so had some. Good. I think that I was trying to think about why I like that era of stuff so much. And I think it's because um, the romanticism of it, it doesn't exist anymore. It no. was still, it comes from a world where like at night an owl howling was still so scary. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and there was a sense of style and also yeah. science and spirituality were kind of closer. Like right. they were melded. Magic was still called, possible. 
they called natural philosophy, right. which was what, you know, Victor Frankenstein's a natural philosopher. He's not a scientist, per se. Right. And, you know, stuff like looking for the, you know, looking for... Um, you know the philosopher's stone and things were magic was still possible yeah and it was just on the cusp of Past. the modern world like the electricity yeah it's like in between alchemists and like yeah thomas edison or something yeah, yeah. and i love that sort of thing i really i think that mel that is great i love steampunk and uh stuff like that um yeah I read. I do. When I, I used to play tons of RPGs, role-playing games. When I was in high school, I was a nerd. Yeah. And one of them was uh, Space eighteen eighty nine. It was set in on a, like in a future in eighteen eighty nine when it was vic height of Victorian. That sounds like power. it would have been a, the origins of steampunk. Yeah. Well, it game. was a scheme, steampunk kind of game. But that wasn't a term back then, right? No, not really. Yeah, yeah. It was just starting, but it. Uh, it was, it, but you basically you're in the British Empire, but the empire is, extends to Mars. It's kind of like uh, like an H.G. Uh, Wells book or something. Yeah, H.G. Wells or who's the other one? Jules Rice Verne. Burroughs. Oh right, oh right, yeah, yeah. And Rice Burroughs. So it's kind of like that world where there's canals on Mars and there's Martians and then there's on Venus there's jungles and it's Speaking all. of him, they just released a new movie last year or maybe earlier this year of Tarzan, and I was watching it and it's not not good. It's very very not good. Right. Oh, it's the guy from. Uh, that's vampire series. I can't. True Blood. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't know it. But uh, yeah, I think like I was watching it being like, yeah, they just can't make a story like this work anymore because the world doesn't have that magic and, well, and mystery anymore. I just, well, yeah, people just don't buy it. And, and, and yeah. apes, <laughs> the idea that <laughs> apes are some kind of stupid people i don't know <laughs> but i i love one of my favorite movies from like the 80s was uh with the guy who played highlander and i'm his mind is, is yeah graystoke graystoke legend of tarzan when i was a little little kid that was on uh viewers no not viewers choice the one before that oh Maybe it was viewers. Super story. channel? Yeah, super channel. <laughs> yeah, by See, I'm younger than you, but I've still You're I was a kid, little kid in the eighties. So I remember I ate up everything I could see on TV. Yeah. I, well, I love TV. When I was a kid though, we only had Yeah, my like, dad I, had super I, channel. I kind of bridged the the generation of like we didn't I remember a black and white TV. Yeah. What we had when we were kids. Then getting a color TV, then getting a VCR. And when there were only three channels, three networks, basically. Yeah, the VCR saved your life. It really did. <laughs> and being able to see a movie again was crazy. Yeah. You know, because back then, you'd only, the only things you'd ever get to go and see were bed knobs and broomsticks or like <laughs> Disney movies. Once a year, there'd be a Disney movie at the drive-in or something yeah. like that. And your dad would take you and masturbate in the car. No, he wouldn't do that. <laughs> he wouldn't. But those, you know, or like Apple Dumpling Gang or the movies like that. Yeah. But now, I mean, like, there's channels just dedicated to children's entertainment. Like, yeah. it's just crazy. Like, the difference is enormous. And being able to call people anywhere and have them answer the phone is pretty weird. You want to hear a funny uh, Super Channel story? Yeah, I'd love to. Well, when I was a little kid, so probably like way before I was even 10, I'd say, I can't remember, maybe around that age eight nine ten mm -hmm. i would watch any i would put super channel on anytime i'd go visit my dad he lived in the beaches and i you know so i'd go over it and uh for the weekend and anything i would it would have to be super channel no matter what so even as a little kid i sat through all of out of africa because oh. <laughs> i was like a movie yeah <laughs> you're a huge isaac denison fan <laughs> but remember when you were a kid and like Oh. It was just because it was a movie. You'd be like, I'm watching a, a movie. movie. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really out of was Africa. Tremendous. I couldn't believe they let that guy die. I was like, wait, come back. Because every movie I saw, the hero comes back from dying, you know? Who's that? Oh, it's... um, I, One of them dies. Oh. Meryl Streep or oh, Robert yeah, Redford. I think it's Robert Redford. Yeah. He dies in a plane crash, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's it. Yes. And I was like, huh? Well, you can't die. There's an end? To yeah. all of this? To life? 
I learned about death from out of Africa, Africa. on the Super Channel. Learned about a lot of things. You learned about syphilis. Yeah. From out of Africa, from Klaus Maria Brandauer. I don't remember that. The, he was her husband. And he the was bald like... bald German guy. I have syphilis. <laughs> I have syphilis. And he gives her syphilis. He does? Yes. That's a terrible uh, story arc. It isn't the best. We have syphilis, the story. In Africa. Syphilis in Africa. Look out for the syphilites. I like this memory lane, but is there anything else? Well, your utopian world can be anything you want. Really? Like it could be because you Space travel, certainly, I would like us. See, I think, you know, Nixon kind of pulled back from space. He was the one who started the space shuttle program. Yeah, but now Space Force. I know, but that is (laughs) asinine. It's trying to militarize space, which is not really a possible thing. That's going to be awesome. The thing is about space (laughs) is that if you wanted to wreak havoc from space, you just take big chunks of rock... Yeah, and drop them on places in the earth like kinetic bombardment. You destroy everything. Yeah, it's stupid. But I mean, I but I the idea that what we did was we pulled back to orbit instead of trying to reach. You know, we should have been at Mars by now. We should have. Yeah. Uh, so why did Nixon do that? Because it was expensive, and he the and people had lost interest in this than the the moonshots. Are Republicans completely anti progress then, or what? Yeah. Well, they. What is that? They. I don't know. They're How is progress the same as moving forward? I mean, moving backwards. I mean. Well, it's status quo. Anything that's new is not good. It That's can't so be weird, good. though. Yeah, and uh, you know, if, if is it a cancer? Rep- yeah, is it? Re- <laughs> no, it's a cancer. Well, it's like uh, I'm just it just seems like uh, you know, medicine, science. You know, I don't know how. I don't. There's a lot. I feel of things bad. I stopped you from talking about space to talk about this crap. Well, I know people, we should know, get back into that. People say, you know, why we can't solve the problems we have on Earth? Why do we? Uh, why are we spending money on space? And I'm like, well, you're not going to spend that same money on solving the problems on the earth. You yeah. know? And and the best way to go about this is to go through private companies. So things like SpaceX and uh, the uh, private uh, corporations that are building rockets and yeah. servicing the space, the space station and stuff like that. And... Uh, Oh, what's his name? Buzz Aldrin is suing his two children for stealing. His I just money. read that he uh, is. Uh, he proposed a brilliant idea, which is like permanent spacecraft that are traveling in the kind of a figure eight pattern, going around Venus, coming back to Earth, rendezvousing with Earth, then going out to Mars, and then doing this repeatedly over and over. Mm-hmm. So set up a kind of like a almost like a bus service. Yeah, that uh, is permanent. And people hop on and hop off, so you don't have to worry about leaving Earth's orbit, which is the most difficult part of all. Mm -hmm. I really would love to, if there was a beanstalk, like what Mm -hmm. they call a beanstalk, like a a giant space elevator that goes all the way up to geosynchronous orbit, so that you could take an elevator up into space. That would be amazing, you know? Space. Would I the think. elevator have a dining car? Oh, yeah. You'd have everything <laughs> on this elevator. You'd have showers. You'd uh, probably like rent basically a hotel suite because it would take you that long to get into orbit yeah. going at those speeds. And just at some point, you'd notice, oh, gravity is... I'm losing, uh, I'm losing control of my limbs. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. I would love that. Uh, <laughs> but I love science fiction, so I'm kind of... Yeah. I would love... Uh, I don't know. It's... Just alternatives, like to what we're doing now. Like, it just seems like I, I, we're seeing things like electric cars and Tesla, you know, and, mm-hmm. and all of these things in small ways. I just wish they were being promoted in bigger ways. You know, you know what I always think about in re- regards to progress is when you go back in history, <clears throat> giant leaps in the progress of humankind is like not even a chapter. It's like a paragraph sometimes. Yeah. And so what I guess maybe one generation takes for granted is that, you know, like, it's actually over 100 years, some of these big things. So it's like, we're one generation, that's it. And so, of course, we get antsy about it. And that's one of the most frustrating things about life for myself is like, I can't come back later and watch and enjoy the result. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm the, I'm just this cog in the middle of something that will never 
well, be the, finished. One of the biggest things is if you can one day transfer consciousness into machines. And Which some like, people think is yeah, possible. The synchronicity, and then is you that be, what it's called? Uh, Synchron- no. I don't know what you're not I always Synchronicity? Yeah, I always... It doesn't it, matter. Yeah. But uh, then you basically... Robots. Sex robots, with basically. My, with my, my brain. With your brain in it. What are you doing? Uh, what? Stop that. <laughs> ow, ow. I know I can't feel pain, but ow. <laughs> yeah. um, I could watch you. <laughs> could I watch you for a minute? Take a big electronic poop on me. <laughs> this is my impression if I was a sex robot. Wait, can I fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, I just, uh, you know, like, that's possible that, <laughs> it's possible that, the you know, basically back. mortality might be uh, a thing of the past at some point, and we missed it. Our generation I hate it. it. I, I, I've, I've missed even, like, not losing hair. Well, <laughs> well, that's always something like you look at Star Trek and you go, "How?" Uh, yeah, Picard, right? Picard, right? What can they not found a cure for baldness? Yeah, I mean, it seems like even now we're dealing with baldness. That'd be funny if one episode of Next Generation they just had someone go, "Ha ha, bald head, Picard, nice throwback," because <laughs> it's like a throwback to the. That's yeah, my style. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, just I'm a, a style 90s, choice. I'm 1990s guy. Yeah. <laughs> I like to look this way. Yeah. Uh, but He's like those, you know those people that walk around in like ancient suits now? Yeah. And you're like, and they check their pocket watch in front of you and stuff, and you're like, sure. I love it. It's a throwback Tuesdays. But that's Picard with his bald head and... But you know he could go stick his head in a food processor or something and have hair on over, over yeah. his mind. You can get anything from a food processor well, in Star Trek. Well, the, what do you call it? Those <laughs> the the hollow deck. the hollow deck for sure. Yeah. But what's what do they call when they go to get food? It's just like this thing that's I forget, but yeah. I know what you mean. But the, like you know that people are just like making shit in there, like big blocks of hash, and you know, yeah, you'd think they would be, wouldn't you? That'd be funny if um, there was a behind the scenes of the Enterprise and it was just slaves behind the walls. <laughs> <laughs> just making this stuff. <laughs> making everything. And then they, you see a hand place it on the little pad and go. Painting matte paintings for the holodeck. Here's your precious Western sunset. <laughs> <laughs> it would be sad. Yeah. I think slaves are not, that's not the right thing to do. I know, and I was just watching a, a documentary series on Netflix now. It started it this morning for a sec, for some reason, as I ate my eggs, about Cuba. And slaves there? Yeah, they were the last people to get rid of slaves because it was so, like... Sugar plantations so, yeah, are so, so lucrative. Yeah, so beneficial to Spain's sugar... Spain's connection. great. <laughs> Spain's great. What's up, Spain? Portugal was really driving the uh, the slave trade, though. Here's a throwback image I would like to... I'd love to. Uh, well, I don't... Yeah, I, I would like to... Make I, out with your horse. I would never have a slave, okay? Um, I... It's weird how you have to... It's weird how in, like, 2018 Canada, we're still, like, no slaves, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. But... I'm editing this part out. <laughs> but this is, a, this is what I wanted to get to. This is a look I would like to go to for a throwback. Uh, Portuguese uh, fishermen. Yeah, that'd be fun. Sweet, right? With that little cap and the uh, striped shirt, right? And the big mustache. Big mustache. Yeah. Huge mustache. Those guys uh, were the leaders of uh, navigation, right? They really like Over the ocean. Vasco da Gama was the first person to... I think he rounded Cape... Of Good Hope in Africa, and then there's yeah. Magellan, who's Portuguese, and he went all the way around the earth. He died in the Philippines, but his his expedition came home. Syphilis? And, uh, no, not syphilis. He was killed by natives. Oh, really? Yes. Um, who else? There's. You're uh, very well read. I read a lot. Remember when we did Bridgetown together in Portland? Yes. I remember ducking into a coffee shop because I saw you working in the window. And I'm like, what are you up to? (laughs) Yeah, you're the only one naked in the coffee shop. Right. And I went in and I was like, what are you you up to? And you're like, I'm a genius. I don't know, whatever you told me, you were like writing a book and it was really smart. And I think you were reading a book at the same time as writing a book. It was crazy. I don't know what's wrong with me now. You're you're a well-read guy that's uh, very smart and you're always writing. I, well, I'm trying to write. I'm just working on a couple of screenplays right now, trying to finish them and get them into good shape. Is there one where I'm an ancient Portuguese fisherman? Uh, well, I don't see why not. 
Thank you. I could shoehorn that into any story. <laughs> it's easy. The ancient Portuguese fisherman from outer space. That's right. Do you remember uh, an ad for Calgon laundry detergent where like, there's a Chinese laundry and there's this guy and this woman is dropping off her clothes and she says, how do you get the laundry so clean? This white woman to the Chinese man. Yeah. The Chinese man says, ancient Chinese secret. And then the wife is in the back yeah. and she's like, ha, ancient Chinese secret. It's Calgon. And then the, she comes That's out of the so door stupid. and yells, we need more Calgon. And yeah. then the white woman who's just leaving turns back and goes, ancient Chinese secret, huh? And that's the end of the ad. Whoa. It is so... First of all, the wife is being a real cow <laughs> because she's ratting out her husband. This yeah. is their business, all right? Yeah, you're right. She had no motivation to scream that at no. the moment. And then you got the, the Caucasian woman just being a bitch. Yeah. And going like, you dirty Chinese liar. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, well, I don't remember that commercial. That must have been like... It was before your time. But it's still like... Relevant today. It's funny when because I, I was a teen in the 90s, and I thought the 90s is so funny. I thought it was like the best of all possible worlds at it the time. It was a pretty good time. But now when I go back, most of the stuff I like have still... Aged poorly? Yeah, flooded in racism, sexism, oh, yeah. homophobia, crazy stuff from the 90s. Well, I just remember watching some episodes of Saturday Night Live, and they would say things like queer bait on the episodes. You know what? And Adam Sandler would be just like, oh, it was all about like, it was when it was dominated by Adam Sandler and a lot of yeah. men. Now, I don't know what we do. <laughs> I guess we can just, you know, stop. Is there one last thing you wanted to say about, about Utopia? Utopia? Yeah. Um, I kind of think in the, in the Mayan culture, like we're supposed to be entering the new era mm -hmm. which is a newosphere which is like a knowledge sphere but was that true or did we just interpret that in a weird way i think we people interpreted it as being the end of the world but i think it's just the end of a cycle and becoming into a new cycle yeah and they they predicted that the world would be like a, a a knowledge sphere that we could interact with and i think the internet is the start of that i think it would be better it, what hopefully in the in the end we'll have a way of connecting with people and emphatically not just with words and you know tweets and stuff like that we'll feel yeah. their emotion as well as yeah I'm I I would love that if people misunderstand each other like when you read something on Twitter there's no way of interpreting how that person's feeling really or and if you did have that nuanced empathetic emphatic approach it might make people understand each other better and not be so goddamn mean to each mm -hmm. other you know you know what else is happening to us right now no oh. in regards to that we're at the end of a a selfish me generation experiment as well yeah right where individuality was basically sell, sold to us uh, as the only way to be as the only way to be starting from like the 70s i guess and it basically hit us over the head like a hammer. Maybe yeah. started post-World War II, right? Looking out for number one. Yeah, and now I think there's this weird... A lot of the ideologies that are clashing are because they come from a community-minded sensibility that people think we need to return to versus the selfish, uh, me-first attitude. Th those are the two kind of primary attitudes that are clashing, I, I think. I think so. I think that's... And it was confusing because the consumerism and the media call like the the well i mean i think the that generation yeah. that won the second world war knew a little bit about sacrifice yeah we don't know anything about sacrifice like real sacrifice no. we're an entertainment based generation yeah. we are about pleasure we're about gourmet chocolate chip cookies we're about you know uh yeah. a frappe lattes we're about <laughs> we're not about anything that really takes us out of our comfort zone in any way yeah and I think people are desperate for it. I think people are, want something to commit to, and nothing has happened that's really gripped our generation, my generation, or your generation in a in a big way. I think that probably the biggest issue now is the is. earth and yeah. people. Like, do you want to survive? <laughs> like, do you want the 
the environment to survive and and to just create a better society where people aren't uh excluded you know it's interesting how the far right has like unified a bunch of like casual armchair philosophers from the left now like we're all unite unifying to be like oh because while we were like coasting other people were buying guns and training to be rambo or whatever (laughs) like it's so weird and we were like I like movies. I like movies, and I like to talk about movies. That's why I have a, a blog. Welcome back to my show about movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we were like, wait, what? Yeah. What? They have guns. But that made me think of that because, like you were saying, it was a communal sort of idea that you pitched out there of like us being able to have at least some sort of empathy vapor yeah. that we can tap into. Yeah, it would be, I think it's absolutely essential because people cannot put themselves in anybody else's uh, point of view. Yeah. Doesn't that freak you out? Sometimes I get really stressed that I'm trapped inside my own mind forever. Well, I always think, you know, like I've been divorced twice, right? So yeah. you think you can never know anybody completely. Like I always, even yeah. if you love someone, absolutely, and there's no problems, you're still like, to me, like two spaceships. And you can dock, but you can't be in the other spaceship. Yeah, you're the spaceship. They're the spaceship. Yeah, and you you can never be that other person. Like there's there's always going to be something stopping it. I just pictured two spaceships docked, and one spaceship goes, "Are you going to sleep?" And the other one going, oh, "Yes." <laughs> and the other spaceship spaceship going, "Okay." <laughs> Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Come on. That's two spaceships docked. Come on. Two spaceships docked. <laughs> that was a good analogy. I think that's a really good analogy. I like to think so. Yeah, we need some sort of mind connector. We need the Matrix. We need to be plugged into the Matrix. Yes, we need to be and enslaved by aliens. <laughs> that's what we need. Yeah. And uh, not really know our actual environment. So I like that a lot. You want artists to earn on their own merit, their own fan base, their own success on their own merit. Uh, you want an elevator to space. I do. You want like a mind connector so we can all tap in and feel empathy before we make all these stupid rash decisions, I'd yes. say, right? There's something else I was missing. Zeppelins? Zeppelins. Driven by a real ca- like real fancy... Yeah, just to enjoy like just... Uh, lounging in the sky, basically like ancient, like almost like Victorian era. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, I love that. Like, like you know, one of those set tables where like there's a million cutlery. Million oh yeah, dishes. you're just enjoying it. You're floating yeah. above the clouds. That's yeah. my dream. What if there was only one Zeppelin? Okay, and everybody was interested. on it. <laughs> but uh, it's like Snowpiercer. Now, now you love that movie. Yeah, isn't that good? It is a weird, good movie. Yeah. And now they're trying to like convince us to eat crickets already. I love crickets. No, I've eaten <laughs> them though. I've you eaten, have? I have at a place called Vidges in uh, uh, Vancouver. Vancouver, right? It's a great Indian fusion restaurant. Yeah, yeah. He's a great chef, and they serve one of the apparent, uh, what do you call them? Appetizers is a uh, just fried, dry, dry. What do you call it? Dry roasted crickets. I didn't know that. I went to one of his restaurants. Want to hear one of the best things I read by him? No. We got I know we got to go. Yes, uh, of course I want to hear it. All it was was uh he said what well, white people don't understand about Indian food because they're always like how do you do this? Which I am too because I'm yeah, a mega I love Indian food. Me too. Mega Indian food fan. Uh he said, I don't know if I said this on the podcast before, but he said um think of like what you think is too much onions and garlic in the dish. It's more than that. Yeah. That's how. That's the main. You think all this like curries and yeah, yeah, curries, turmeric and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But hit it with the onions and garlic. More. Yeah, yeah. Always more. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just go out on a nice thought of. Maybe we'll leave the listeners smelling their own aroma of Indian food if they can. I would love that. I love a vindaloo. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Tons of chicken vindaloo or vindaloo whatever. Yeah, we had. Oh, I talked about Indian food on your podcast. That's right. That was fun. It was delicious. Well, thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Let's get out of here. You want to run really fast? I'm running as fast as I can. All right, everyone. That was Sean Cullen. Sean, thanks so much for coming on. And guys, look out for him everywhere. He's a uh, uh, funniest guy. Follow him at 
on Twitter, he's at Mr. Sean Cullen. And uh, yeah, he's the best. And um, that was fun. Nice hang. Um, oh, this is the thing. Uh, this is what I wanted to say. Coming up, we're doing... I have a monthly show in Toronto, if you're in Toronto, called Love. And at the end of July, I think this episode definitely comes out beforehand. So if you're listening, go to my 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 July show, Love, at the Comedy Bar, last Wednesday of July, 8 p.m. Let me see when that date is. That is July uh, 25th. Go to that because Sean Cullen is doing an extended set. So like 30 minutes at least of fun uh, Sean Cullen brain comedy wizardry. And also the show is always fun anyways because I host it. And if you're listening to this, you're probably already a fan of that. So And then we got some other great acts that will be a surprise. It's going to be great. And then follow us at Utopia to Me, and then follow me at Chris Lock Fun, and you know rate the podcast. It's uh, we we're on E One now, as you know, and uh, so you know keep rating it, keep giving us good reviews because we're gonna keep making more and more. So did you eat that meal yet? Is it done? Are you good? You feeling good? Where are you? Where are you right now? Are you outside? Get outside, man. These houses are constricting us. Am I right? These apartments, these condos, these houses, these tents. Get off of me. I want to be free. I want to go outside, take all your freaking clothes off, and just hug a tree and go, look at you, you majestic creature reaching for the sky. Uh, thank you so much. All right? There you go. That was the episode for this time come back again all right thanks bye